Hi, welcome to Unleash Ministries podcast, where Pastor Nathan Sanford will guide us through daily Bible studies, prophetic revelations, and life-changing encounters with the Father's love. Join us for near daily content as we dive into the Word of God. Welcome back to our journey through First Peter on the Unleash podcast. This is, uh, I don't know, I guess I, I never really introduced myself. So <laughs> my name is Nathan Sanford. I'm son of Lauren, son of John. Uh, and anyway, uh, we have been going through First Peter talking about just trying to get the word out there, especially in times like these. When there is such an access to the Word of God, like there's so there's so much available, and yet such an ignorance um, of the Word of God, and I don't mean that to be insulting at all, but just to say there are so many that I've met that just don't understand how the Word works and, and don't even understand God's heart in regards to the Word. And if we're going to you know, live through these times, and, and right now, of course, Israel is under attack and the whole spirit realm feels like it's it just got sent into spin cycle and it's it's absolute um in my own heart because i'm really sensitive you know to the spirit i'm really sensitive to things going on around me and in the spirit and i'm like good night feels like my heart just got thrown into the spin cycle on the dryer and i'm like ah and i i don't i'm trying to to grasp something and, and we and you know the awesome thing is we always have the word like when we can't hear God or we don't feel like we can hear God or, or the voice of the enemy is loud or the times like right now that we're living in are just so t- so tumultuous, we have the word of God. I mean, we have this beautiful um, Holy Spirit inspired uh, love letter that can just minister to our souls. And I just want to continue to bring us back to the truth of the word and as revealed in God's heart. And I just think it's so, so important right now. So, I mean, obviously it's important all the time, but I think it gets even more important when things are just confusing, when things don't seem to line up, when they don't make sense. So even right now, you can probably hear it in my voice. I got a little bit of sickness, which, good grief. I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I went like 10 years of my life, and I was not sick one time ever, as so much as a cold or a sniffle. I mean, I literally never got sick. And I've been sick more since we moved to North Carolina than if you added up every time I've been sick in the last 15 years. I mean, it is just completely weird. And so if I if I sound a little bit like the Godfather and I start saying loyalty or something like that, then you'll know that's because I have a weird little sickness. And I, I feel OK. Um, I don't feel terrible, but um, but I don't feel fantastic. And you, you can kind of hear it in my voice. So. But I wanted to get these podcasts out. I feel such an urgency on my heart. Again, this isn't; these podcasts aren't at all meant to be like prophetic or, you know, necessarily. Although it seems that they are, anyways. Um, they're really meant to just like, what does the word say, and to teach the word chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and to go through the word of God. And that's what we've done all the way through the book of Hebrews. We are almost done with First Peter. I don't know where we're going to go from First Peter. We might go into Second Peter. I'm not totally sure. But um, right now, I just want to just keep going through the word. And I believe it's going to penetrate every heart and release minds and release souls. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but the the speaker or the teacher of the word and his or her heart 
before the Lord is as important as the word being spoken. And what I mean by that is not to say that they're somehow more important than the Bible, because obviously that isn't true in terms of, um, you know, the truth coming forth. But what I mean is where that person's heart is before the Lord and whether or not they've had a revelation of the Father's love and what they're walking in in terms of their individual walk with God greatly determines how they view the scripture, which, um, you know, I guess it shouldn't, you know, if we're, if we're using proper biblical interpretation and hermeneutics and, and, and exegesis and understanding, but the fact remains that it just does. And so um, I, I guess I'm just saying, as you go forward and who you listen to, their heart before the Lord Jesus Christ and their relationship with him and their revelation or lack of revelation of the Father's love is so important going forward, not just the kind of science of scriptural interpretation, if you want to call it a science, um, like the, the hermeneutics and exegesis and proper understanding of the word, but also that person's heart and understanding and life and mind uh, before Jesus and their brokenness before his throne is just paramount, especially in these coming days. So I'm not trying to say like, that guy's me. I'm the most broken awesome father's love guy i'm not i'm not saying that about myself necessarily i'm just saying that it's important <laughs> and i can definitely say about myself that i certainly try and and if i've ever felt more broken in my life and i don't want to say this now because then i'll probably get more broken um tomorrow so but, but anyways i don't mean broken in a bad way i mean my heart is so i feel like i'm flayed open before the living god with everything that's going on, I, I, I can't even tell you the fire and it's a weird combination of fire and pain um, in my heart and confusion and clarity. It's, it's all these like contradicting like these paradoxes that I feel are just going on inside my spirit. And it's really strange. It's a strange place to be. I've actually never really been here. And again, that's why we go back to the word. We go back to the word and back to the word. So let's continue. If you're interested in 1 Peter 5, that's where we are. We've gone through 1 Peter 1 through 4. And just to kind of catch everybody up, the basically the last couple of chapters, he has kind of a main theme, Peter does, because he knows they're suffering. And he also knows more suffering is coming their way because we talked about the neuronic persecution and how they were just completely being, uh, you know, some of them were being slaughtered wholesale or they were about to be anyways. And so he uh, he basically his main theme is this, like he wants everyone not to suffer for their own stupidity or their own sin. His desire is that if they suffer that their suffering comes from someone else's stupidity and someone else's sin. So basically his whole point is he doesn't want anybody suffering because of their stupid choices. He wants people suffering because of other people's stupid choices and, not, and, and he wants them to suffer because of righteousness. And again, he doesn't want them to suffer in the sense that he's like, oh, I hope you suffer. He just is saying that he wants the suffering that may come to them to only come to them as a result of their righteousness or a result of somebody else's unrighteousness and certainly not a result of their stupid choices. So he just got done kind of summing that up. And, and that's where his therefore comes from. So, oh my gosh, I think the reason I wanted to talk about elders and speakers and pastors and people who are out there teaching the word of God and standing in places of authority is that this scripture is, oh my gosh, it like jumps off the page to me almost as like what, uh, I don't even know how to say it. Like, something my heart is longing to see, I guess. 
So let's go ahead and read 1 Peter 5. He says, Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. And I, right there, I just think that's a powerful statement. But he's basically saying, look, I want to talk to the elders. I want to talk to the leaders. I want to talk to the guys with the microphone who are holding authority and teaching the word of God. Like, I want to talk to those guys as your fellow elder. And he says, witness, and this is interesting, witness of the sufferings of Christ. Of course, Peter's saying, like, he, he literally witnessed the sufferings of Christ. And he says, and a partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. And that, that's an interesting phrase because he uses a verb that he's saying, like, he is already partaking of the glory, but it's also not fully revealed. And, and I love that because this is um, my whole, one of parts of my whole life calling is to introduce people to the kingdom of God that has already come. So I want you guys to understand like that Jesus came and he brought the kingdom of God here into this earth now, but it's not released in, or I guess it won't have its full effect until the return of Christ, but it does have a massive impact through each believer, through each person who steps into the kingdom. And I don't have time to teach on the kingdom of God right now, although I am um, at the end of this month on October 29th, I'll be speaking at First Family Fellowship in Salisbury, North Carolina. That's my church where I'm currently, uh, my wife and I are currently the youth pastors there. And I will be speaking in part on the kingdom and on sonship. So if you want to come down there, you're more than welcome to um, on October 29th, the end of this month. But anyways, um, he's he's describing here a reality that, you know, most believers are just like, well, I said my prayer and I'll just hold on and I guess I'm saved and hopefully uh, I'll get raptured or I'll die. But in any case, I'll just hold on because not much will happen. And that is simply not the teachings of Jesus. The teachings of Jesus are the kingdom of God has come in the person of Jesus Christ. And every believer becomes an ambassador of change and a bringer of the kingdom of God everywhere they go. That's why he said, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. Because he's like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go forth and preach the kingdom, which includes signs, wonders, and miracles. But especially love as the foundational core value. You're going to come and bring that forth in Jesus name and that his kingdom will go forth throughout the earth. But of course, we know that it will it won't come in fullness in the sense that it won't completely overtake everything until uh, Jesus returns. And so Peter kind of talks about that. He says, I'm a partaker of the glory like that's right now. That's a present tense verb. But he says that is to be revealed. So he's like, I'm partaking of the glory now, but the fullness has is soon it will be eventually revealed. And then he says this shepherd or pastor is how you could translate that shepherd the flock of God among you. And he's basically saying, like, pastor them, be there for them, love them, encourage them, uplift them, tell them who they are, call out the greatness in them, pour it out to them, like call them higher. That's what he's saying. Um, of the flock of God among you. And then he says, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily. And I, I, I love that phrase. He's like, you're supposed to exercise oversight, not because you're forced to or compelled to, or because you have some broken neediness in your heart, because you know you have some sort of insecurity or because you're just forced to out of guilt or something. He's like, I want you to do it 
voluntarily and according to the will of God. Like, I want you to do it because God wants you to do it. I, I want you to lead people and pour your life out for them because you love them and because God loves them and because you're called to this. And for no other reason, like not because you feel like you have to or it's your duty or you're compelled, but because you love them and because it's the will of God and you desire to do it. And, and this is like, I, I think our leaders um, and myself included and whatever kind of leader I am right now is that I need to do it not because I have to or even because I'm called to or because of anything, but simply because I, I love and I want to do it because it is the will of God um, over my life and, and that I love his people and I want to go there. And that's why he says not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God and then and not for sordid gain. And I love that. Basically, not for sordid gain. Like, we're not doing this in order to somehow, um, you know, uh, get something for ourselves. Like, in, in, we're not building little kingdoms for ourselves. We're expanding the kingdom of God for the sake of Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel. We're not, we're not building our own little palaces and our own little kingdoms and everyone give money to us so that we can build our little fortress of solitude and be the awesome guy who's over everything. Like he's like, no, not for sordid gain. And he says, but with eagerness, he's like, I want you to lead because you're eager to, because you love, because you can't wait to pour into people, because you can't wait to love them, because you can't wait to, to pour out the truth of the gospel on hungry hearts, because you can't wait to do all of that. He says, um, again, with eagerness, and then this is huge, verse 3, 1 Peter 5, 3, and we need to hold our leaders to this standard, and I try to hold myself to this, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge. And, oh my gosh, you guys, I don't know how much lording over I've seen uh, in the body of Christ, but Lord help me if I ever enter into that spirit. Not yet lording it over those allotted to your charge. And you're wondering, well, how do you do that? How does someone lord? There's a lot of ways that leadership can lord its, you know, their authority over you. But there's obvious ways and there's subtle ways. Of course, there's the obvious ones that we would think of. That's basically like the kind of guy you would think of is like a controlling person, you know, who from the pulpit is like, you have to do this and you have to do that. And they're kind of forcing people to perform for them under threat of hell, under threat of you know, something else. And they're kind of loud and brash about it under threat of you're in sin if you don't do what I say. And they like to quote, quote Hebrews, obey your leaders and, and this kind of a thing. Um, honor your leaders. And they talk about this constantly. Um, and it's, and they, I'm not saying those aren't bad principles to teach, but there's a way to do them where it is lording it over people. Or what I've seen in a less subtle way is they kind of get in front of people and, you know, you give a 40-minute sermon about tithing you give a 40-minute sermon about how you should be serving, and, and you basically guilt and shame people into tithing and serving, and it really is serving you. I mean, their tithe is going to, to your vision and to your ministry and to your thing, and you want them as a leader to volunteer in your church. You're certainly not telling them to volunteer in the church down the street. You're telling them to volunteer um, to, uh, you know, to you. And so I think that, <laughs> I think we just have to be really careful with how we do those things. So if you're going to talk about anything that's calling the body to do something, it better not be lording it over them. It, it better not be in any case, they better not be motivating them by shame and guilt and fear or, or of like, most people want to be righteous. <clears throat> they want to be loving. 
And when you come uh, in front of them as a leader and you're saying like, well, you, this is how you're righteous. You serve the church and you volunteer in a children's ministry and you, you give, 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 give. And again, those aren't bad things obviously to do, but the way you do them can be lording it over to lording it over them. So you have to be so careful that we invite people into these things through love and we're not lording our authority over them through manipulation, shame, and guilt. And by the way, if your leader keeps on having to say no manipulation here and then goes on to say stuff, um, probably there is manipulation because otherwise they wouldn't have to say that. So just be careful is all I'm saying uh, with with that kind of leadership. If you're sitting under that, um, it's not something that we can tolerate, especially in these end times. And I'm speaking to myself and I'm speaking to every other leader in the body of Christ. Like we have to be motivated through the love of Jesus to lift up his people, to guide his people, to pour into his people. And not to say we don't have to speak hard truths sometimes, because of course that's true too. Sometimes we have to speak a hard truth. But all I'm saying is if that isn't birthed out of love and, and adoration of the king, then um, you can't do it unless it's like totally birthed in love. So don't lord it over though. Um, those allotted to your charge, he says but proving to be examples to the flock. In other words, if you're a leader, you should be the first one serving. You know, if you're a leader, you should be the first one loving. Um, if you're a leader, you should be the first one doing everything. So, so you don't have to actually even tell people what they should do. They're just going to watch you. And they're going to, like Paul said, they'll imitate you as you imitate Christ. And so this is, this is huge. You, we really, really need to learn to lead by example and not by command. Um, and then he says this, if you do that, verse four, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And again, I don't know, uh, there's been a lot of debate about this scripture. Is he talking about when the chief shepherd appears in the sense of the second coming? Is he talking about the chief shepherd appears in the sense of, uh, you know, some kind of move of the spirit? Uh, God just shows up in your church in a mighty way. Um, I, I don't know, or is it like when you pass away? I've heard that. Uh, like when you're dead, you'll receive the crown of glory. I don't really know. Let's just say it's all of the above. In any case, this is what you want to do. Because when Jesus comes in any form, he will receive the crown of glory. And then he goes on to say, You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders and all of you. I like this. He's just telling younger men, look, it's a good idea to like listen to what the elders say. Because even if they're wrong, I was taught this at a young age, like even if the elder is wrong, um, and again, I don't mean like morally wrong. Obviously, if they're biblically or morally wrong, you don't want to do what they're saying. But they might be practically wrong. Uh, they might not be right in the actual thing they're saying. It might not be the best thing to do. Again, not morally wrong. But I was always taught um, from my father and his father before him that you always honor the position. So I'll even do something that I don't think is like the right or best way to do something. Um, again, not morally wrong, but maybe, I mean, I'm just trying to give an example would be like, okay, uh, this person says that we need to, uh, like say an elder comes and says, all right, what we really need is we need greeters who are handing people out tithing cards as soon as they walk in the door. Let's say they say that. And, and me as, a, uh, and I'm not younger anymore, I guess I'm more like the elder now, but anyway, I'm just saying that some younger guy goes, you know what? I actually kind of know this generation a little better. And, and I don't think that that's going to be a big turn on for them. So why don't we not do that and take tithe in a different way? But and you can tell the elder that. But if the elder says, no, I really think this is it, then you go, OK, like you just subject to it. You're saying that's fine. Um, and, and you would you would just do what they say. And God will honor your obedience to that 
more than he'll he'll honor your disobedience even if it's the right thing if that makes sense i hope that makes sense so i think that's just kind of a silly example of, of being subject to your elders but I, what i really like is this is to the younger men and to the elders he says all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another for god is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble and i just love that when he says clothe yourselves with humility towards one another and that has to do with okay first of all i don't have time to get into humility totally now but but just so you know like you can't be humble until you know you're incredibly awesome in christ jesus so and then once you know you're incredibly awesome in christ jesus and then you look at others and think they're equally and more awesome then you're in a good place to be humble before the lord because that's having humility towards someone else is like i know i'm awesome and perfect and holy and beautiful and god loves me and you look across the room at somebody else and go and they're even better (laughs) and i'm not saying that you actually think they're better than you i'm just saying that you as awesome as you think you are you see even more glory in them and, and that's kind of humility it's saying like i love me and i'm awesome and god has blessed me and it's just i'm so filled with his love and his power and he thinks i'm amazing and i'm looking over there going like wow that person's amazing and i can't wait to serve and love them i mean that is humility towards one another at least one aspect of it for god is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble and there's a lot there that we'll get into um next week talking about humility and pride and kind of like how it really should be, uh, you know, how it really looks outside of the religious spirit, which is I pretty much only heard uh, pride talked about and humility under a religious spirit. So we'll talk about hopefully what that is um, next podcast, and we'll get into the rest of First Peter 5. So I love you guys. I hope you're doing okay in this crazy times, and I will, I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Unleash Ministries podcast. We pray you are blessed and encouraged by an encounter with the Father's love poured out through His Word. If you would desire to bless this ministry financially, please visit www.unleashedchurch.org and click on the Give link. Thank you.